I'm Aaron Sagers, and this is Talking Strange. Aloha, spooky nerds, and welcome to Talking Strange, a paranormal pop culture show with the Den of Geek Network, where we discuss the entertainment of the unexplained. As always, I am your host, Aaron Sagers, a journalist, author, researcher of all things weird and currently i can be seen on the travel channel and discovery plus show paranormal caught on camera now in its fifth season and let's talk about a lot of seasons here because originally airing for 11 seasons from 1988 to 1999 mystery science theater 3000 immediately won over fans became one of the most beloved cult tv shows of all time and it made a human mind experiment more entertaining than anyone could have ever predicted. And in 2015, fans of MST3K united behind a record-breaking Kickstarter crowdfunding campaign to revive the show for brand new episodes, brand new seasons that aired on Netflix in 2017. But they weren't done yet because after another record breaking Kickstarter campaign in 2021 creator Joel Hodgson and supported by fans of the show. Mystery science theater 3000 is back. It is back. And after those two season revival run on Netflix, it's going to be self distributed via an online theater called the gizmo plex. We're going to find out what that is, but we do know that MST 3k is back on May 6th, beginning May 6th, with a whole new season. So, with that said, returning for the lucky 13th season, we have The Mads, King of Forrester, played by Felicia Day. We have Loyal Henchman Max, by, played by Patton Oswalt. And we also have three, count them, three hosts that are going to be appearing on the new season and Joel Hodgson is returning as Joel Robinson for some episodes. And then we also have returning test subject Jonah Ray, who is going to be returning as Jonah Heston. And also Emily Marsh, who is playing host Emily Connor and also the first uh, female host in the show's history. So without further ado, let us bring these folks in. Emily Marsh, who's playing Emily Connor. Hey, Emily, how are you? Hey, Aaron, it's good to see you. Good to good be to here. Good to see you. Thank you for joining. And uh, we got another guy here. We have Jonah Ray Rodriguez. Hey, hello. Because he intrigues. <laughs> yes, yes. Intrigues. Is. Hi. Thanks for Hi. having me. Another Thank guy. You. Thanks for coming. Thanks, guys. Thanks for being Man, here. One so, lady and two guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. The uh, uh, well, congratulations. Of course, the show coming back is a big deal. I'm excited about it. This is a show that definitely I was into in high school. And then as the nerd who refused to ever let go of my nerdiness, continued to love it and was happy when it came back and happy that it is back again. And I guess with that in mind, uh, first off, I, I want to know what this Gizmoplex thing is. I, I, I've what is the Gizmoplex because this is a different kind of 
setting and presentation is wild and it's new for uh for for misty so jenna why don't why don't you start and tell me what is the gizmoplex gizmoplex is a mystery science theater streaming platform um it's not you could become you know a subscriber if you were so inclined which would uh, allow you to see uh you know everything that's on there uh, a bunch of old classic episodes that are rotated out. And we also, Emily and I and, uh, and you know, the cast and crew also shot like little extras that kind of go around some of the older episodes, all these kind of classic tributes. But then we also, um, you'll be able to just kind of watch the new episodes. Also on top of that, it's just a place to go to uh, if you want a VOD. Uh, you know, if you want to just like buy a ticket for a show um, and see the live streaming premiere of an episode, you can do that as well. Or you could just rent it anytime other than that. So it's just a, like a place to go to go get your mystery science theater. Um, but what's kind of fun about it is that it's like, we're creating a, you know, we're trying to get, bring back the community of uh, Misty's that, uh, that was kind of lost with the Netflix stuff of just being like, here's a bunch of stuff. I hope you, everyone gets through it when they get through it. This is like, we're premiering an episode and there's like a chat room. People can all watch at the same time. And I've always uh, like, like comparing it to, you know, how the show was before, but also like how, you know, Joe Bob Briggs, when he started doing the last drive in on shutter, everyone was watching it at the same time. And then you would just see people talking and becoming friends with each other. And the whole mutant fam showed up on, you know, Twitter. And it's uh, just like a way to kind of bring the community of all of us together again, a place for everyone to go. And it's, 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 it's up to you to decide how you want to be and how much you want to be involved. Yeah. And, and you know, Aaron, if you had asked me, I, I would have said that the Gizmoplex is more a state of mind, you oh, know, it's a, uh, I think we've all had the Gizmoplex with us the whole time, but really easy to be the it. funny one when you were in charge with the information part of the question, Emily. So I was watching Emily you give all thing. of that good information, Jonah, and I was like, "Oh, I'm so I'm so excited to give my two cents and not have to give any information." I haven't had to do that. Usually, Felicia's been doing it for me, where I could just I could play your part in this situation. Well, I'll, I'll press you a little further, Emily. What is the oh, Gizmoplex within the? within the the machine the engine of the of the show what what is it what is it on camera what is it in the uh, mst3k world well um let me refer to what jonah said which i think summed up everything really perfectly with that question um no i'm totally totally kidding i feel like now i get to have the joel side of that question which yeah. is that um the gizmoplex actually kind of it's part in the story the lore of mst3k is that essentially the mads have taken the deep herding to the next stage which is now they are directly profiting by having this cinema the gizmoplex on the moon that people are coming to um, and that's essentially the design of it is that there's going to be lounges for backers um, it's definitely supposed to be kind of a homage to like point and click kind of video games. So that's going to be the setup of things. Uh, so it's nice to have basically We're all of this the content. Mist. We're putting the mist back <laughs> in Mystery right. Science Theater. Except <laughs> I really did not like mist. I had oh, some really. I, I hated it. Who, who was good at that game? What genius was good at that game? I remember they had it on display at the Blockbuster. You could play mist in the Blockbuster uh as a way of like promoting it i was like who has the time who spent i mean i spent a lot of time in blockbuster but i'm looking at movies some kid i imagine some kid going after school every day playing mist and blockbuster and became a genius at it i think you had time you had time to play it back when it was you know originally unveiled you could play you could find time for mist but the patience i think is the is is the patience was key so maybe we can pitch the gizmoplect as mist 
with uh, if you have less patience <laughs> and more fun. Yeah, more fun. More but fun. still want to watch a ninety-minute comedy show. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I guess that does still take patience. Yeah, the but, you know, uh, without commercials. True. So slightly less patience. I don't know. Well, Jonah, it's been what about three and a half years? Has it been three and a half years since we've seen? Uh, your Jonah Heston is uh, on on screen. Has it been about that long? I think so. I went yeah. that last season. Yeah, it was about three years ago. Yeah. I think. yeah. So, uh, as I, whoa, and that's Brooklyn in the background, by the way. Hello from Brooklyn. Brooklyn. It sends its love. The what? Just what is somebody from the background going? Hey, I'm walking here. Okay. Yeah. There might be fights breaking out any moment. The, but for you guys, for Jonah, what is this? Uh, who is Jonah now? Like, I mean, has this character kind of evolved? What? How are you playing him differently? Who is the Jonah now? Um, you know, I think it's uh, the way it's, you know, it's so hard. It's like everyone kind of is like, what's the character? It's like, you know, in the, in the first season, I was super excited to be there. So I was like a super excited guy. And now I'm, you know, uh, maybe I'm a, a bit more weathered. I get the rhythm of it. And uh, I just, uh, I'm, I don't know. I feel like this season I'm uh, I'm a bit, I'm a bit more tired of uh, the robots guff. So I, you know, responded to that a bit more because now we're just all friends that have been hanging out a long time. I don't need mm-hmm. them to like me anymore because we are stuck to it with each other. And, um, and I just, you know, if anything, I'm getting to do more like weird characters and sketches and stuff like that, which is nice. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that's my favorite thing to do is just do goofy characters. What about, what about Emily, um, Emily Connor? First off, just congratulations for it, because I think it's definitely worth noting that, I mean, you were handpicked by Joel, uh, to be his replacement for the live shows. And now you're. Oh, well, and I was also going to say hand tested um, because I'm kind of uh, basically I'm not unconvinced that the first live tour that I was a part of where it was Joel's farewell tour wasn't kind of like a series of tests, kind of like a a 39 chambers of Shaolin a little bit. Um, You know, you'd come in for the show that day. And next thing you know, is Joel's like, all right, you're going to do this joke now and we'll see how they like it. And you're like, oh, boy, okay, here's that challenge. Um, and it was in San Francisco where Joel was suddenly like, okay, cool. So I'm going to pretend to take a bathroom break and you'll riff for 20 minutes and we'll see how they like you. Huh. So it was, uh, there was definitely some trial by fire happening on that first MST3K live tour. So I'm glad I passed the test and wasn't left in San Francisco. Well, <laughs> how, how are you describing, how are you summing up the Emily that we're seeing in the show? And also, is there a difference between stage Emily and Emily Connor in the show? Man, so I think there's obviously a lot of similarities. I think, you know, hosts of host past would say that, you know, you do art replicates life. um, And definitely what you're going through is a lot of what you bring to your hosting. Uh, But I say for differences, probably it would be, uh, maybe it's just everything's a little more heightened. Um, like I like the idea of a very naive Emily Connor. Uh, like I love, we've incorporated into the episodes some sketches where the bots almost have a little too much power. Like they can trick Emily pretty easily, which is, you know, we've seen the hosts kind of have some sort of control over their chaos muppetness. And I like the idea that this next host, it's like with Emily, there's the danger that they might be running the show. Like mm-hmm. they might have yeah. too much influence and we'll see what happens. 
Yeah, uh, you're just kind of going along because you're you you feel you're supposed to like you're, exactly you're, you're, you're like, like I, well if that's what you say I, you know you've been here longer you know oh totally and like Emily was definitely a follower in the Gizmoplex like even the fact of her being tricked onto the uh, simulator is so was so basic it was pretty like yeah. basically anybody who was like reading between the lines could see what was happening so definitely a naiveness a willingness to kind of follow the leader Emily to an Connor, extreme Emily Connor was ditched so much in school. Or they're just like, uh, you're just like, I gotta go to the bathroom. They're like, all right, and then they take off, and you're like, hey guys, it's a lot of that kind of like element to it. I love it so much. You're very dry. I think it's like you know, I've been comparing it to this kind of uh, like Mike Nelson, you know, uh, just because it's like it's you have such a nice like dry energy coming into it of just like it's like I guess we're putting on a show, uh, you know, it's just very. Uh, like very nice, fun element to it. I, I really love, and I also love like you like that bit we do your first movie sign where you have no idea what's happening and you think you're gonna die because it's like you know the, the klaxons are going off, there's cameras moving around. It's true. We've never really picked up with a host with them really not knowing how everything works, um, and so that was fun to play with. Like I think because Jonah actually directed the episodes that I oh. was in, which was wonderful. I could not have asked for like a more you know, supportive director who could literally go, I know exactly what you're going through and listen to me. I'll guide you through this process. Um, it's a lovely feeling love, up there. It's a lovely I feeling. Know. I it really is, especially as the only person who has a real face for the camera to focus on. Really gives you a lot more opportunities to mess up. This is, um, so your first episode is three. It's Beyond Atlantis, right? That is correct. That is that is the first one, the first appearance. The it seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong. Al- along with that kind of naivete, it's there's a, I mean, yeah, it, literally innocence, but also sort of a. Is she is she like a little bit more into it at first, whereas Jonah, like you know, you as you said, you've been into you've been up there for so long that you're very much over it, very jaded, uh, and. Um, you know, just praying for death at this point. I mean, is is there is Emily like a little into it at all? Is she is there any kind of excitement that she's experiencing? Oh, definitely. I think there's a lot of the, you know, that fresh faced innocence and uh excitement when you first get on the simulator and you're first getting involved in this process. Um, I think there'll also be, I'll be really curious to see. We picked a couple moments of kind of showing the dark side, if you will, of Emily Connor. Um, definitely a couple of sketches where it's like, what's behind that sort of naive and excited and energetic energy? Is there a darkness there? Um, Which is closer to Emily Marsh as a person. You know, uh, no comment, but uh, <laughs> yeah, p- put it this way. There definitely was one sketch where I was apparently allowed. They were like, you know what would be funny? What if you yelled, like really screamed in this sketch? And I did it. And apparently there were some very genuine reactions to not, not expecting a big sound to come out of a small person, which I feel like is my sweet spot, is essentially looking like a small fourth grader and saying the uh, what's actually going on inside my dark, mm-hmm. dark thoughts. So. Just a couple of comments from the uh, the viewers. Oh, good. Uh, Let's get reactions there. to that. Yeah. Well, yeah. well. First off, it's just weird uh, not seeing Jonah in a jumpsuit. Um, I mean, it's hey, close. sort of. You know, I can. I don't know. What if, it's what like if, a jersey jumpsuit. 
Yeah, what if I, you know, this is for my uh, MST3K Ted Lasso mashup. Uh, <laughs> um, and then also that uh, someone said, I was trying to find it, that they think this season you're going to have a Heisenberg moment, that you become Heisenberg, so you're really dark. Uh, they're expecting you to take a dark turn. Oh, yeah. that I. You know what's funny? That that comment came from Lewis Ryan, uh, which is like, uh, he, he was he was great. He was our... Uh, he was oh, a, yeah. a writer's assistant uh, in my room. Uh, he came on um, to do some uh, like a, like a week or so or episode or two, and then like I just loved the guy so much. He was on set with us for a bit, helping out. Uh, he's a very very funny guy. I implore everybody. But that was the thing I kept on wanting to try, and I asked Joel if I could do that. And me and Lewis uh, would talk about that a bunch. I was like I was like, what if this is the season that like something turns me, and then I it's because I've never seen that in a show where like a host or a good guy becomes a mad. Like, what's the mm-hmm. process of that? And, you know, maybe season 14 yeah. really takes the full on thing and I just lose it. Like, what if the space madness and the experiments really do break me and I become super evil? And then, like, you know, King and Max now have to deal with the, like, maybe reconfiguring what the experiment does. Or, like, we don't want to make evil people. We just want to control people. And <laughs> I've just become this, like, you know, this monster they can't control. Yeah, the dark and gritty MST3K directed by Zack Snyder. The, yeah. the Are we so Joni, you directed Emily in her first episode. Are we getting other crossovers uh, in universe? I mean, does, will Emily and Jonah crossover? Will Joel uh, be able to crossover with your characters or are each of the hosts very much separate in separate spots? The, you know, they're trying to keep them separate, but you know, the will Maybe of the hosts spills over you know yeah you're never really sure you got to watch them uh you know as uh, we maybe try and figure out how to you know meet up i don't know i don't know if it's going to happen uh and that's what you know people when they're interviewed uh essentially agree with uh, what you're saying yeah right yeah. right <laughs> be correct. We, well we'll yes. have to see you know? but we'll I have to see you never know but wink I want to talk about the, you know, some of the lineup for these episodes. You've got Demon Squad, which is a 2019 movie. And, episode, yeah. and what do you think that, what, what do you think their, the limits are or the rules are when you're dealing with a movie that's only a couple of years old? How do you approach that differently when you're writing jokes and also, you know, riffing on it? You know, you, you don't really. I mean, in the Gauntlet season, we did um, Atlantic and, Rim. Yeah, that was recent, I think. That right? was, I think, like three years old, maybe or two years old by the time we did it. I can't remember exactly. It was fairly recent, the newest movie we had done. Um, and you know, there's it's a, you know, there's no real rules to like what the movies should be. They're going to keep on making movies. You know, mm. um, what's the line, the tagline from the Mr. Science Theater movie? You know, every year Hollywood makes you know hundreds of movies. This is one of them. It's like, you know, they're just, they're just going to keep on coming out. And so with this one, it's like they're with Demon Squad was actually like, you know, like uh, it has the pacing of those like of a movie that has no pacing. So you have room to make the jokes. You wrote on that uh, episode, right, Emily? I did. And, and actually, I was thinking of because I'm going to be demented enough to admit that I watch bad movies for business and for pleasure. Um, and I really was excited to see when I was just a fan watching MST3K, when Atlantic Rim came into the to the gauntlet, I was like, oh, that's awesome, because I've been watching that um, that company that produces movies. I've been watching those ones like Titanic 2. It's it's terrible. Yeah. It's almost a different brand Asylum. of bad movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. 
And Asylum and, is essentially the new, like, you know, Corman. It's the new, uh, you know, canon. It's, it's like a, they, they're in the mm-hmm. long line of um, we're going to make that kind of uh, movie. You know? Yeah. And I definitely spent a lot of time in college watching those movies with my friends. So to see them integrated into MST3K, I was like, oh, it's the new era of bad movies. They're like adapting to these new ones that are coming out that I made fun of with my friends. Yeah. And with Demon Squad, I think here's my theory, because Demon Squad is definitely like a passion project. Yep. Like, I also love they're that going for it. Mm-hmm. The makers of this film, they're going for it. It's almost, I would almost go like room status, kind of like they really put this together on a budget and there was a yep. whole lot of heart and whole not a lot of ability. It's on video. And yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. But I love that apparently the creators of it are so psyched to be on MST3K. Of course, yeah. I mean, this stuff amazing. will give it uh, like more attention than maybe it would have gotten prior. You know, it's uh, like the that's the thing. It's like, you know, like Sharknado, not going to work because it knows it. knows yeah. these, they, these have to be, you know, passionate attempts at making something, you know, and that's when we come in. Has there been a moment when you're watching a horror movie for and you're you're writing about it it's it's going to definitely be one of the episodes for MST3K but you're watching a horror movie that legitimately provides you with a start like that you actually get uh startled by even though you're even though you're going to be riffing about it it has a genuine authentic scary moment and if that has happened what's sort of the emotional response because you're also I mean, this is supposed to be a jokey situation but then you actually have that authentic reaction has that happened to either one of you emily uh did you well, do any horror what was your you, you know you well any? what i was thinking was not for the season but for the tour making, oh, contact, making contact because yeah. i have it's funny actually that people say like as i was a puppeteer and performer right. And people would say like, oh, did you love puppets when you were a kid? Actually, no, I was terrified of them. I find them very creepy. And then later on, I, you know, got introduced to better puppets. But that's because I had Dark Crystal and like, you know, Chucky at a young age. So then doing Making Contact where there is a possessed ventriloquist dummy, Mm -hmm. which I, I mean, you're making fun of it, but legitimately underneath everything, I was like, this is actually kind of terrifying. And especially to have to, watch it by yourself late at night because, you know, riffs are due the next day in the writer's room and there's a jump scare. And I I think ultimately we didn't even end up writing a joke for that jump scare. It was just legitimately reacting like, sometimes oh my just gosh. Go, yeah, sometimes just go, ah, you know, this, yeah. that's which is a very good go-to. Mm-hmm. You know, the one horror movie we did uh, for this season that I did uh, was The Mask, which is our um, right. you know, Canadian horror movie their first 3d movie it's in black and white uh, it's a it's a halloween episode which i'm so so proud and honored to have been like on the first halloween special uh and got to you know do some real dumb stuff with it um and it's also going to be like parts of it are going to be in 3d because the movie's in 3d and you don't have to watch it in 3d there's going to be you know two versions you can watch of course the flattened one um but uh it's uh it was a genuinely genuinely great movie it was like a really great heavy drama that was, uh, you know, this guy getting possessed by this mask and obsessed with it. It's all an allegory for addiction and alcoholism. And it's just uh, it's just a beautiful, like, awesome movie. But it just, it was genuinely creepy uh, yeah. in some spots where you're kind of worried about, like, it's, uh, you know, the guy's getting weird with the girl and everyone's going like, oh, no. Like, it's like, it's a very well done movie. Well, I was going to say, I always feel like those two genres of, like, bad movie and horror 
like do go very well together. Like, I mean, camp, but like, I feel like the horror genre has always embraced. It's like, Hey, look, we know that we have these same like sticks that we do, but then we'll still get you with the scares. It's just nice that those tend to work so well together. I mean, mm -hmm. it's one of yeah. my personal favorite subgenres is bad horror movies that I know will still make me like scream at certain well, points. Last night I went to the New Beverly uh, Theater uh, in LA and like saw a double feature of Candyman, which is by, intense, by all intents and purposes an amazingly beautiful, like horrific um, horror movie. It's like one of the best ever. It's one of my favorites. And then it was followed up by Wes Craven's People Under the Stairs which is so fun and so like so many silly moments and actual like horrific moments and and you know like weird guys that look like you know Dave Mustaine from Megadeth like you know under the stairs and stuff like that it's like it's fantastic it's like horror movies is just because you you appreciate the intent sometimes more than the uh, the end result yeah and you know it's curious to me that some of these movies you are dealing with people that are still out there i mean uh, like you said, Demon Squad, they're they're very much into it. But have you found yourself interacting with any of the people that have actively been? Uh, for instance, I'm very specifically thinking Jonah. You being out in LA, uh, I know where Roger Corman's office is. I've gone out there. I've interviewed Roger Corman. It's easy enough to interact with Roger Corman. Have you yeah. have you interacted with some of these people and found yourself having a conversation about? their movies and movie quality of movies and uh and cinematic choices <laughs> well, has this happened you know it's a the, i met jackie moore who is a, we we call dr laura dern in atlantic rim uh i was at a q a at a con i think in north carolina some of that and uh, she's so like, have you ever, awesome. yeah, she's like, have you ever met anybody uh you know from the movies you've done i was like no i haven't you know i haven't done it i've never met anybody and like uh uh, and she's like, well, she's like, we have now. Hi, Dr. Laura Dern. I was like, oh, no, I'm so sorry. Uh, and she's like, no, it's great. And then we ended up like doing like, you know, like maybe like later that year, she showed up at uh, Pensacon, which is in Pensacola, Florida. Mm -hmm. uh, but we're also at Atlantic Rim was shot. But she's an improviser, comedic improviser. And we did like a big uh, like improvised comedy show. Bill Corbett, you know, the second voice of Crow was there doing monologues and we'd all do improvised scenes. And it was a blast. She's super funny and super sweet. And gets it but the one person i've met who was very upset he's never had any movies put on the show but a lot of movies he loves and a lot of the movies his friends made uh has and it was joe dante who was um i was uh, gonna be on his uh podcast trailers from hell's great joe dante is one of my favorite um movie makers filmmakers ever and um and like uh right before joe walks in the uh, producer guy uh, goes uh, oh by the way joe hates mystery science theater <laughs> And uh, I, I go, what's that? And then he comes in and he's just like distant with me. He's, he's like, yeah, you guys just, uh, you know, you don't use good prints. You don't do it. Like, you know, he just, and I was, I had to kind of be like, hey, man, I just got here. And, uh, you can't. <laughs> Sends my I'm not responsible yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I told him, it's like, you know, we're, we're not, we're not any better than any of these movies. We're not saying that like, it's like, you know, hey, these people made movies. They made movies. It's so hard to make a movie. And like, it's like, and they didn't, and it didn't, like, they didn't nail it. And that's fine because it's super hard. We're just trying to like dance with it and have fun with it and kind of give it another audience. And it's like, it's no different from sampling or montage art or like, you know, a pastiche of a bunch of different elements coming together to just make, you know, to make people happy, to make some form of entertainment. Mm -hmm. Emily, I, I, I'm, I'm curious if you, as you've kind of joined this cast, do you feel like the universe is expanding? Obviously, you've already been on live stage, but 
is the MST3K universe expanding or do you view it more as kind of returning to its roots? Oh, um, I would say, can I, can I get the, uh, the cheesy answer and say a little bit of both, Aaron, a little bit of both, both. things could be true. Both things can be true I can't at stop the you. same time. Um, cause yeah, I think a lot of people have reached out and even the more like DIY aesthetics of this last season, um, done out of practicality, just out of, you know, out a bunch of COVID uh, guidelines to follow by, which made filming more difficult, um, more solutions that had to be thrown together at the last minute, uh, in a weird way, was getting back to sort of the origins of the show where things were like, hey, can somebody do this? Uh, no time. We're going to make a different thing out of duct tape and that will have to do. So that's, I think, now is even more present. And some people have reached out to even say they're like, we love the DIY aesthetics. It's mm -hmm. so nice to get back to that. Then with the live show, what's been super nice is um, a lot of people reaching out to say that that's how they're bringing people into the franchise is actually like the live show was a great way to say, hey, you've never understood why I like this weird show. Come with me to this live show and you may get it. And I've, we've gotten feedback that that's actually been really helpful and gotten people into the show. So mm -hmm. I think it is really expanding. Yeah, okay. it's like, yeah, the lower of the show and like the, you know, we're bringing, we're making it smaller in real life and making it bigger uh, within the show. All right. Well, I know we've got to let you guys go, uh, but Mystery Science Theater 3000 is back. It's coming back officially uh, May 6th. We're starting with Santo in the Treasure of Dracula and then Robot Wars, which I loved as a kid and I'm excited about this one. And then Emily appears in Beyond Atlantis and we are we're cooking with fire at that and then point. The new, crew, so. the new crew is so, so good. It's a, it was so fun to see him work and just like I I said this before, but now I get to kind of watch the show again and seeing them, you know, really gel on screen and nail it. And like Emily is just so, so perfect in the show. And, you know, Connor and Kelsey as Servo and Crow and Yvonne. It's like I think people are going to be really stoked on the new cast. Like and I I feel like such a like immense amount of uh, excitement and honor to, you know, have kind of helped you know shepherd it just a little bit but i'm i think people are really going to like what emily's doing i i've really enjoyed it and um and emily did you have any last words on that oh no just you know through my through my tears and my big squishy heart i mean that just means the world to hear and and ha having people reach out to say that you know like welcome to the mst3k family it's like oh my gosh this is a show that i've watched since i was a kid and to get to be part of it and then people also be Happy to have me be a part of it. It's just, I mean, I can't even begin to. <laughs> it, was a harp, it was a harp solo. That, for that you. was my heart song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've never had that happen before. On a show. I know. That must mean it's really true what I'm saying. There's a cartoon bird on your shoulder, Emily. <laughs> oh. Swat it away. It's got diseases. <laughs> well, uh, Emily, happy to have you on. Joda, uh, good to talk with you again. And everybody out there, can uh, check it out. Just don't take my word for it. I mean, it is great, but uh, go subscribe. Get your Gizmoplex uh, season pass before May 6th, and you even get an extra goodie with that. So MST3K is back. And shorts. We got shorts. We got all shorts. kinds of stuff going. Content. Content, content. Baby. 
Feed content, content, content. content. <laughs> uh, guys, let's do this again. Let's come back and uh, chat about another one of the movies. And yes. uh, in the meanwhile, thanks. congrats and thanks for joining me today, guys. Thanks for having us. Awesome, Aaron. Awesome. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, Aaron. And guys, thank you uh, for joining. I know we had to move through that quickly, but it was well worth it. And I can't wait to get these guys back on. That was Jonah Ray and Emily Marsh from the season 13 of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Don't forget to subscribe, download Talking Strange each week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Check out our live videos at youtube.com slash us, And give me a shout on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Patreon, and at Talk Strange Pod on Twitter. So until next time, be kind. Stay spooky and keep it weird.